ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Other draft in the books. So we'll get that poll and that graphic out there. Uh, Jordan and I were talking during the break. I thought I, I won the uh, the poll last week on the game show draft. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win the best players left in the NFL playoffs uh, Mount Rushmore draft that we just did, but I've been wrong before. I thought I won last week, and I did not. On to other matters, folks. Name, image, and likeness. NIL. You can't go four feet in the sports world today without hearing discussions about it, particularly here in Syracuse, New York. You got recruits sitting next to rappers and Buffalo Bills and TV stars, and this thing has taken on a... It's taken on something I didn't even see coming this quickly, and I don't think a lot of people saw this quickly coming this quickly, or maybe, maybe our next guest saw this and can tell us where we're going from here. Uh, I would highly encourage you to follow him on social media at DanGreen15. That's G-R-E-E-N-E, by the way. He's an attorney here in Syracuse, a sports law professor at Cortland, doing a great job of following all things on the name, image, and likeness front. Let's bring him in, folks. Dan Green on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Dan, how you doing, bud? Hey, Brent, thank you uh, for having me on the show, and I, I greatly appreciate the amazing intro music. I, I can't believe you knew that was my, my intro song. Didn't even know. How about that, huh? Sometimes the world is just serendipitous, isn't it? Exactly. Great stuff. Oh, Dan, we could do a whole show on this. I am so fascinated by this topic. I know you are fascinated by this topic. So let me start in a general sense, right? Just give me like your view of name, image, and likeness as it stands today and how amazed you are, if you are, and I, I would assume you are, but I'm going to ask, just where we're at and how this thing has ballooned to the point of absurdity and even maybe beyond. What's your just general view of where this thing is at right now? Yeah, I mean, where we're at right now is that this the NIL landscape and everything involved within the business, it, it, it changes and evolves at, every day. And since July 1st of 2021, we've seen different moves and stories, um, controversial, some that are very heartwarming uh, as well, that really just have encompassed this entire era, which people are calling the wild, wild west NIL era. Um, I'm not surprised how noteworthy it's been. It's been a long time coming that student athletes have been able to um, be compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Everybody else in this country has the right to publicity. Um, and why shouldn't these athletes as well? But it's, you know, when the NCAA decides to kind of come out with minimal policies and not really enforce those policies, that's where we get some of these wild and crazy instances where people are questioning what's really going on here. And it's, uh, it's been a very fun for me uh, to track and be a part of. Is it to the point already, Dan, where the NCAA – Basically, there's nothing they can do about this. If they start backtracking and regulating it now, I, I would imagine they, they would get challenged in court, and I, it just feels like they've lost all authority on this. What do you think? I mean, there's still the, the opportunity to enforce the rules that they have. You know, they still have their rules about recruiting and impermissible inducements. Um, 
they they still they still have the, the authority to do it. You know, if they were to create new NIL restrictions or other restrictions on, on student athletes, yeah, they'll probably be uh, pursued in court. But you know, they from what everybody says, are rumors out there that other schools have been at least talked to about potential NIL violations. I think the, the reports were that they instead went down and talked to uh, Miami um, and BYU at some point. Um, but there really, there really hasn't been anything yet that has at least been public or noteworthy, um, and it remains to be seen if they are going to eventually do anything at some point. How do you view what's going on with uh, Adam Weitzman, specifically what we saw the other day, Dan, and elevating this? It's, you know, it's one thing to bring celebrities to the game, and hey, that's great, and it's a unique aspect that Syracuse has. Now he's flat-out recruiting kids. He's bringing recruits in. And yes, he's been very specific about checking with compliance and saying we can't do A, B, and C. But it also feels like he's found a loophole, and everybody, you know, just sees it all out in public here. What's your view of just that specific thing? Literally bringing recruits in, in the premise of this is what you could get with an NIL contract here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first off, Adam does a lot of great things for this community. Um, especially for the sports programs here. And what he's doing is kind of taking the NIL world here in Syracuse upon his shoulders. Because up until the past few months, NIL was a little slow here in Syracuse. And I, I applaud him for, you know, trying to help the, the athletic department and the school and the community compete during a time where other schools have been a little bit ahead of SU at this point. And what Adam is doing, I mean, I mean Adam's, Adam's a smart guy. And he's smart for the reason because he's surrounded himself with people that are, know what they're doing, and he knows who to talk to. Um, and he's, he's saying all of the right things. Uh, I, saw, I read the article on Syracuse.com yesterday with Chris Carlson, um, great piece that he did, and all the quotes Adam said there are spot on, and they're correct things to say. Um, but what Adam is doing, and along with him and others, um, similar to him, is that they're living in the gray area here. And a lot of the NIL rules, regulations, laws are living in this gray area. Like, if you were to look at the NCAA's uh, updated NIL guidance from May of this past year, there's three big things to point out there. One being that recruiting conversations can't be had between a, bo- a booster and a prospective student athlete. Second being that the booster can't communicate with the prospective student-athlete, their family, and others affiliated with them for a recruiting purpose or to encourage them to enroll at a particular school. And also, an NIL agreement between that booster and the prospective student-athlete may not be guaranteed or promised contingent on initial or continuing enrollment at a particular institution. Basically saying, if you're a booster for a school, which Adam would be considered that, he can't have recruiting conversations with them and if you were to sign a contract with one of these with one of these high school players it can't be contingent on them attending Syracuse University so I think he's put some smart loopholes in there right to say okay the contingent is you live in either the 315 or the 617 area code you'll do charity work for me and if you just so happen to go to Syracuse that'd be great too but uh let's pretend we didn't have that conversation right it feels like yeah, like you said, that gray area we're living in here. Exactly. And as I said, Adam surrounds himself with smart people. And based on what um, Chris Carlson's article said is that those provisions about living in certain area codes are in those contracts. 
And those aren't, he's not the only one that's going to be having language like that in these contracts. It's a way to, to get around this gray area. You know, it, it's a lot of interpretation on these regulations and rules. And if the NCAA's rules are not specific and are, you know, are open for interpretation, you can do what you want with it until the NCAA cracks down and potentially punishes somebody, which will create a precedent for other people. But right now, there's really no precedent um, and remains to be seen what actually is or isn't per- permitted. You know, Adam brought um, was Elijah Moore on a, on a plane. Who else was on that plane? I have no idea. What do they talk about? I'm not sure. But everything that we're told and everything that can, that is a fact, that's a proven fact at this point, is that there has been no discussions about recruiting or attending Syracuse University in particular. Dan Green joining us here as we talk about the world of name, image, and likeness here. Dan, is there, uh, you, you look at this from all aspects here, and you, you brought up Adam in particular has kind of caught Syracuse up in some ways. Is there other things you've seen out there that Syracuse you feel needs to be doing in this game? Well, I think I think a lot has changed over the past few months. I thought it was great when, uh, when John Wildhack came out and promoted the two collectives we have here in Syracuse. So it's a lot of athletic directors around the country are doing that. And he also recognized some of the stuff that's going on on campus with our students um, at Syracuse University, including uh, Professor Dave Maloney's NIL class and his workshops. Um, I know Dave pretty well, and nobody's more passionate about NIL um, than he is. And I should also mention that there's a, a student-formed NIL accelerator company called Out to Win Sports, um, led by Jack Adler, who's a senior right now. And they've done an amazing job, too, being a part of the NIL space, like, we, at SU, they have the ability to be a real NIL powerhouse. You have all these really smart students that, you know, whether it's Newhouse, Whitman, Falk, whatever, and all the alums. And I think, we're, I think SU is heading in the right direction for fully embracing the NIL era, like some of these other schools, especially in SEC country. But it'll take time, and I understand why there's some hesitancy there because as I said, the NCAA still looms out there, and you don't want to be in a school that you know has an example made out of them. From a legal standpoint, Dan, what advice would you give an athlete that is getting into an NIL agreement? I mean, I, I'm a lawyer, so the first thing I'm going to say is retain counsel. Retain competent legal counsel, somebody that knows these fonts, that knows sponsorship deals. You know, not every attorney knows it. I, I have the benefit of working at a law firm called Newman and Lickstein. Um, we're located in the State Tower Building, and we represent some of the biggest gaming and content creators um, in the world that do sponsorship deals that are basically NIL deals, but for in a different world. Um, so we have the experience of doing it. Some, you know, and whenever an NIL deal comes across my desk, it's, it's the same concept. Uh, you know, other attorneys will be able to help there. But besides, get, you know, getting an attorney, I would say talk to your compliance office. Those are the people that know the NCAA regulations and have communication with their with their enforcement office, um, so they know what's going on. So I, I would say t- talk to the right people. Have you seen an example already? And uh, not to put you on the spot here, but if you have to be generic about this, I understand. But have you seen an example either publicly or that you've seen where someone got taken advantage of in the NIL world? Um, general, in a general sense, you know, I think 
especially since this this, uh, this business is so new, some of these athletes don't know what their worth is. Um, some of these athletes are doing deals for a T-shirt and some free merch when they should be, you know, could be getting a lot more money. You know, the market still is playing out, but athletes should kind of know what their worth is. And from a legal side, I I've seen way too many contracts, whether it's NIL or gaming content creators, influencers, where your name is and likeness, your right to publicity, that's your intellectual property. And you can't just be giving that away in, per- in perpetuity, irrevocably, for free. And there's a lot of predatory contracts that come from whether it's brands or other companies that, you know, if you don't have proper legal counsel, you can be giving away, stuff. You can be giving away really important intellectual property forever and which can impact your future business development beyond college. Dan, I really appreciate the insight. We'll definitely have to catch up from time to time here and just kind of check in on the ever-evolving world of NIL. You know better than anybody, it changes every single day, and it's we're right in the heart of it here with uh, things that we brought up a little bit earlier, and we'll continue to see there. Appreciate the insight. Keep up the great work, my friend, and we'll definitely catch up down the road. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, and happy to jump on and talk NIL. Um, with you anytime. Excellent. Thank you, Dan. We really appreciate it. Dan Green, folks, you can find him on Twitter at DanGreen15. And again, that's G-R-E-E-N-E, how he spells green. And fascinating to hear him say he has these deals across his desk and the law firm he works for, sponsorship deals in, in other areas, and now NIL, of course, being prevalent out there. And yeah, that uh, certainly in a lot of instances where you're entering a contract, where you're getting paid, you want to retain counsel. But I don't think some of these athletes realize, and I think they're becoming more aware of it now, but you have to pay taxes on this stuff and you know all the nitty-gritty fine print that you have people like Dan to go through to make sure you're not getting screwed over here. But it's a fascinating world. Again, I would encourage you to read Chris Carlson's article the other day about this and the, the gray areas that we're in, the money that's being thrown out there. And, I mean, they basically it's, – it's almost laughable in a way. Well, you can't – okay, you can uh, – Brewster can't have a conversation with a recruit about basketball. Like, even if they did, how would you prove that? Short of, like, somebody taping the conversation, of course, and getting it out there. But the tap dance you have to do and how everybody's got to kind of wink and nudge as they tap dance around these things and what enforcement would come from it and where it's going here. I mean, it's all fascinating. It's one of the more fascinating topics in all of sports, let alone college sports at this point. We will break and come back. I uh, certainly can follow up on that. Got a few more Syracuse basketball thoughts for you and uh, much more to come as we head down the home stretch. Stay right there.